93.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Father Campbell, and I'm happy to be with you here on the um, fourth Wednesday of November, and I'm going to begin my program today, as is my custom, inviting you to pray with me my favorite Marian prayer, which is the Memorare. So if you will join me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And Our Lady of Champion, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I added that last petition today because I'm up in the Champion, Wisconsin area, just uh, all about 20 minutes east of Green Bay, and I'm actually uh, finishing up a retreat after today, tomorrow morning, at a Carmelite monastery in Denmark, Wisconsin, and I just got back to the priest residence uh, located on the monastery grounds from a visit to Champion um, and the shrine there. It was formerly known as the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help, but um, it was just changed, the name uh, of the shrine that is, from Our Lady of Good Help to Our Lady of Champion. Uh, uh, many of you, I'm sure, who are listening out there have probably heard of uh, the the apparition site here, which was approved by Bishop Ricken some years back, and uh, many may even many of you may have visited the shrine yourselves. And just uh, recently, it was changed the name of the shrine to reflect the the, the city or town uh, that. Uh, Our Lady appear, just like Our Lady of Lourdes or Our Lady of Fatima. Um, it's customary to link Our Lady's appearance with the town, the city, whatever where she was appearing, and that's, I think, the basic reason for the change in the name of the shrine from Our Lady of Good Help to Our Lady of Champion. But she is Our Lady of Good Help. Uh, she, she helps us out. And today, I'm, uh, because I'm, I'm up in the Champion area, I just got back from visiting the shrine and praying there. 
I thought I would talk about it's a beautiful story because it is a beautiful story about uh, Adele Bryce. And so this story begins in Belgium uh, because Adele was born in 18... Uh, uh, pardon me. <clears throat> she, she was born in um, uh, 18... 50, well, let me see here, um, born in 1831, pardon me, yes, she was born in 1831 in Brabant town in Belgium, and uh, she felt called to join the Ursuline sisters in Belgium as a young girl in her teens, her early teens. And I just have to throw in uh, the Ursulines um, dedicated to St. Ursula under her patronage. Uh, my uh, great aunt, my father's aunt, was an Ursula nun for, for many, many years in Decatur, Illinois, and taught at St. Teresa Academy there. Uh, for anyone who may be listening from Decatur, Illinois, uh, her name, Sister Clotilde O'Reilly, she was known um, all throughout the area. I did her funeral mass there, and I think half of the city showed up because they were taught by her. Anyway, um, Adele uh, wanted to uh, enter the, the Ursuline convent, but her family was moving, she learned, to the United States, to the Green Bay area the Green Bay Peninsula in Wisconsin. And Adele had thought about staying with the Ursulines, but her, her pastor uh, recommended that she go with her parents. In fact, he told her, go with your parents, and you will be rewarded for your obedience. She wanted to actually serve God in, in, in the missions as an Ursuline, but uh, he said, if God so wills, you will become a missionary in America. So she did go with her parents to uh, the United States, settled in the Green Bay Peninsula, uh, around the area of what is now called Champion, and in 1855, you know, her family left Belgium, settled, and four years later, in October of 1859, she was going to a mill in a town called Dykersville. She was carrying a sack of flour on her head, actually, and she saw a vision between two trees, a vision of a lady dressed in white with a yellow sash and a crown of stars over her head. And actually Adele was frightened. That's the story that was related. And uh, after, after several minutes, uh, the vision slowly disappeared. And <clears throat> uh, the following Sunday, October 9th, she was on the same trail and this time on the way to um, 
a town called Bay Settlement to go to Mass. And she was with her sister and another companion. And again, Adele saw the lady. The other two companions, her sister and the other, did not see Our Lady. And after Mass, Adele was rather um, a little disturbed by what she saw, not knowing what this was. She went to confession, and uh, she uh, later confided uh, what had occurred to uh, the priest, and he advised her the next time if this figure appear again, she should ask, who in God's name are you, and what do you want of me? Well, um, and the third apparition took place uh, on the same spot on their way home from Mass. And as they approached, Adele saw the lady and asked... (laughs) In God's name, who are you and what do you want of me? And Our Lady responded at this time. And her response was, and I quote her words here, I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. And I wish you to do the same. You do well to receive Holy Communion. Yes, she said, but... You must do more. Our Lady then told her to make a general confession of her sins, that is, all the sins of her past life that she could recall, and offer communion for the conversion of sinners. And then Our Lady said, if if they do not convert and do penance, my son will be obliged to punish them. What you are doing here in idleness, uh, or or actually she said, what are you doing here in idleness while your companions are working in the vineyard of my son? Then Adele asked, well, what what more can I do, dear lady? And, and, And the Blessed Virgin said, gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they should know for their salvation. And Uh, Adele asked, but how shall I teach them, since I know so little myself? And uh, she responded, um, teach them their catechism, how to sign themselves with the sign of the cross, and how to approach the sacraments. And this is what I wish you to do. Go and fear nothing. I will help you. Well, Our Lady then uh, lifted her hands as though she were beseeching a blessing for those at her feet, and slowly she vanished from sight. And she left Adele rather overwhelmed and prostrate on the ground uh, amongst the woods which she was in. And Adele got up, and, well, um, immediately she began to to do what Our Lady had commanded her to do. And um, actually, um, uh, for the next 
35 years, uh, actually 37 years until her death, she devoted herself completely to the work she believed that she be, had been commissioned to do. And um, among the, the first to believe in her, that Our Lady had really appeared to her, was her own father. His, his name was Lambert. And uh, her father built a little chapel. It was just 10 by 12 feet on the spot of the apparitions. And in 1861, with the help of uh, her father, uh, settlers in the area built a larger chapel, 24 by 40 feet. And it was then known as La Chapelle, okay, the, chap the, the chapel in French, okay, dedicated to Notre Dame du Bon Secours, Our Lady of Good Help, okay, uh, or Good Succor, you could say, okay. And in 1865, uh, the, the pastor, Father Philip Crude, encouraged Adele to uh, enlist others in the work that she was doing to catechize and to build a little center, uh, a building, and a school for children. And several young women joined her. Um, they formed a community. They actually didn't take uh, religious vows, but they, they formed a little community. And uh, they went about uh, catechizing uh, the, the children in the area. One of the problems in, in being catechized was that, um, you know, in where they were living, there was not a church nearby. So the, the children did, did not receive good catechism. They would, um, you know, have to travel many miles to even go to church. And uh, although this uh, was kind of an impediment to uh, their being catechized well, uh, it, it wasn't an impediment to Adele and her companions. Uh, Adele uh, would, would travel as much as 50 miles on foot through all kinds of weather conditions, um, fatigue, uh, facing the lack of education by by those she was catechizing, dangers in the forest, in order to fulfill the Blessed Mother's request to to catechize, because she really started out going you know house to house uh, before the the other young women joined her, and um, but they would they would dress as third order Franciscans, even though they didn't take religious vows, and. Um, Eventually, um, St. Mary's Boarding Academy was founded on the site of the apparitions. And um, later, the, the Belgian community assisted Sister Adele, built a school, a chapel, and a convent in 1885. And uh, the town actually was Robbinsville, but at the suggestion of Sister Adele, uh, the name was changed to Champion, 
which was the name of the town in Belgium where Adele had originally planned to join the Ursuline Order with her friends before she came to the United States. And uh, over the years, uh, things weren't easy. You know, God always tests people, <laughs> their, their, um, uh, their medals, so to speak. Uh, a couple of things happened. Uh, one was... Uh, in 1871, the date actually, October 8th, 1871, uh, everyone has heard about the Chicago fire. Okay, This fire, Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked over uh, a lamp and started a fire in the barn and, you know, Chicago burned. Well, uh, actually, the Chicago fire was rather small and less deadly then a much greater fire that took place in the same year, 1871. And that was the Peshtigo fire. And it's considered um, the worst fire in North American history. And it, it really devastated, raged through northeastern Wisconsin and the UP, Upper Michigan. And it took between... Uh, an estimated 1,200 and 2,400 lives. It, I think we're we're coming to a little break right now, so I'll be back in just a few minutes to talk again about the story of Our Lady of Champion. Mark your calendars for WSFI's Fulton J. Sheen Award at our annual Fall Banquet and Auction on Saturday, December 2nd at the Lincolnshire Marriott Resort. Our dinner, auction, and award will take place from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Our keynote speaker and award recipient is Bishop David L. Ricken, Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, faithful and stalwart defender of the faith. And special guest is Bishop Thomas J. Paprocki, Diocese of Springfield, Illinois. To order tickets or for more information, please go to wsfiradio.org or call Angela at 224-206-8455. That's wsfiradio.org at 224-206-8455. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. This Christmas season, please consider supporting WSFI, your local Catholic radio station and EWTN affiliate. Why not shop at our auction or donate an item? We are in need of items such as travel, sports, home goods, or your idea for Christmas gifts. Donations are federally income tax deductible. For more information, call 847-331-6994 or go to info at wsfiradio.org. 
Hello, this is Father Dwight Campbell. I am back on this fourth Wednesday of November, uh, just a day before Thanksgiving. And I'm happy to be with you um, discussing uh, an approved Marian apparition, which is now known under the title Our Lady of Champion. It was formerly called Our Lady of Good Help. Um, um, Notre Dame uh, du Bon Secours, as it was originally called, Our Lady of Good Help. And uh, it, its name was changed to Our Lady of Champion to identify the, the town where the apparitions took place. I happen to be up in the Green Bay area. I'm uh, this week until tomorrow making a retreat at a beautiful Carmelite monastery uh, just outside of Denmark, Wisconsin, which is about uh, a 20-minute drive uh, east of Green Bay. And uh, the the Carmelite sisters, um, when I first visited them, it was in Champion, actually. They were at the shrine uh, living in a, in, a, in a small residence and through the, the goodness of, of many people and their donations and um, a generous grant by, uh, I think, uh, a farmer, a farming family, uh, they built a, a beautiful monastery um, just outside of Denmark. And on the monastery grounds, there's a priest house, and that's where I'm staying, a priest residence. Actually, they have a couple of priest residences for priests to make retreats. So any priests listening out there, if you'd like to make a retreat, it's um, it's a very beautiful setting. Um, and the monastery is just spectacular. Uh, the nuns offer have have mass offered every morning. Uh, they chant beautifully. And um, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it in the first segment of this Marian hour, but yesterday, was the feast of the presentation of Our Lady. When Our Lady, tradition has it, was presented in the temple uh, by her parents at three years of age. And um, the Bishop of Green Bay, Bishop David Ricken, was at the Carmelite Chapel here. Uh, he offered a mass, which I can celebrated along with the the chaplain, Father John Girardi, um, for the sisters yesterday. Um, it's their pro Orantibus day. Uh, they're, they're praying for all um, religious, especially uh, cloistered Carmelites, as, as the sisters are uh, on the Feast of the Presentation. And uh, today I, I made a trip, just about a 20-minute about a drive from from the Carmelite Monastery to the shrine, uh, which again used to be called Our Lady of Good Help, and now is called Our Lady of Champion, uh, after the town in which uh, the apparitions took place. The apparitions uh, took place in, in October 1859, uh, principally uh, to Adele Bryce, uh, a young woman who had moved from Belgium to the Green Bay area, uh, Green Bay Peninsula, uh, with her family in 1855. Adele was born 1831. 
she wanted to be a, an Ursula nun. Uh, it wasn't uh, her calling. Uh, she moved with her family, and Our Lady appeared to her in in um, 1859 October, and gave her a message basically to go catechize uh, people in the area, especially the young people who did not know their catechism, did not know their faith well. And uh, Adele herself um, uh, took the message to heart, and actually at the recommendation of others, she built a uh, little community, you could say, gathered a few other women to assist her. Uh, they they became um, a third order Franciscans. They dressed in habits, even though they didn't take religious vows, and they went about catechizing, um, you know, people home to home. And and as as I had mentioned before the break. Um, uh, with the help of of uh, other people, they they built uh, a chapel, a school in in the town. Originally, it was called Robbinsville, but at the at the urging of of Adele Bryce, uh, the name was changed to Champion, which was the the um, town in Belgium where the Ursuline convent was that she was going to join. So that's how Champion got its name. Um, before the break, I was talking, however, about um, how uh, a great fire took place in the year 1871. Those who are familiar with the Chicago Fire uh, know that it was that same year that the Chicago Fire um, destroyed much of Chicago, but that fire was was not as great um, and as devastating as the fire up north in the Green Bay Peninsula and northeastern Wisconsin, that is, and the upper Michigan Peninsula. <clears throat> uh, uh, it was called the Peshtigo Fire. And that fire took between 1,200 and 2,400 lives. It was 50 miles in length and 12 miles wide, a huge area. I think it was, I think, 1.4 million square acres, if I recall. I think I had read that before. And uh, just to, to relate it to Our Lady's appearances and and Our Lady of Champion, um, you know, the, the, the school had been built, a chapel, and uh, when the fire was raging, this Peshtigo fire, uh, Dell and her companions didn't flee. They, they were filled with confidence, even though the, the fire was raging all around them. They entered into the chapel, and as the story goes, they raised the statue of Mary, and they processed with it around the chapel, around the sanctuary. And the convents where these sisters lived, Adele and her other sisters, the school, and five acres in the surrounding area were not touched by the fire. It was truly a miracle because the fire was all around them, but it did not touch them. Well, uh, 
that school had been established in 1867 to 68. Um, as I, I mentioned before in the first segment, um, you know, God tests our faith oftentimes. And um, if you know the story of saints, none of the saints had it easy, okay? Even those that were granted apparitions, whatever, um, no, uh, you know, their faith was tested. Think of the little children at Fatima. You know, they were arrested by the, the local authorities, the Freemasons, who wanted to uh, eradicate, you know, Catholicism. They were threatened to be boiled in oil unless they revealed what Our Lady had told them, and they said, no, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, talking. They, in fact, they, se- they uh, separated the children, um, two of the saints now, they are saints now, uh, Jacinta and Francisco, brother and sister, and Lucia, and they thought they were being boiled in oil when they were, you know, separated from one another. Uh, still, they refused to to um, reveal what Our Lady had told them. Uh, we could think of how, um, you know, Saint Bernadette Subaru, you know, her faith was tested. She went in the convent and was really maltreated by other sisters, uh, one especially. Um, all the saints had their trials and difficulties. Well, um, Adele, although she's not a saint, you know, her faith was tried in this sense. Uh, as one of the accounts uh, relates it, um, when, when, after they built the chapel and, and the school, uh, little convent, um, they would have celebrations on Marian feasts, especially August 15th, which was the, the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady. And um, by the way, you know, this was back in the late 1800s. The, the dogma had not been proclaimed yet of Our Lady's Assumption. That was in, eight, pardon me, 1950 by Pope Pius XII. However, uh, all Pius XII, the venerable Pope Pius XII, did in proclaiming that as a dogma was to, to um, raise uh, the level of, of you could say, uh, surety of belief, because this was an infallibly taught um, doctrine of the faith before it was proclaimed a dogma. The earliest uh, celebrations in the church in honor of Our Lady were uh, in honor of her Assumption. This dates back to the fourth century. We have masses. Uh, the Assumption was something that was believed by the faithful all throughout the church's history. The dogma was proclaimed only in 1950 to take away any doubts about belief that Mary was assumed into heaven. And um, a manifestation of that common belief, getting back to our story here, uh, Adele, uh, her, her fellow sisters, and those in the community would, would have celebrations on Marian feasts, especially August 15th, which was the Feast of Our Lady's Assumption. And after the feast, they would have entertainment, uh, you know, food and drink provided, and those who were opposed to Adele's work, you always have people that 
are working against you, you know, may not believe the, that Our Lady had appeared or, you know, had some bone to pick with whatever the sisters were doing. Well, um, they complain to the bishop, you know, oh, you know, they're just, they're making this into, you know, a marketplace. Um, you know, they would slander, you know, what was going on. And the, the local merchants <laughs> who were, you know, providing, you know, food and drink for these celebrations on Marian feasts, they let the bishop know that um, he wouldn't be welcomed if he conducted, you know, a personal investigation, tried to curtail the festivities. Uh, the, the Belgian people can be rather stubborn, okay? Uh, they were back then. And so the bishop placed the chapel under interdict, okay? Meaning no one could could go there. And he instructed Adele to dismiss the children, lock the doors, and give him the keys. Well, um, um, Adele... Um, Finally, after going back and forth with the bishop, gave the keys to the bishop, okay? but she told him at that time that he would be responsible for the souls that were lost because of lack of instruction. That's why Our Lady had sent her, she said, to instruct the young people, these, these souls that were being lost because they didn't know their Catholic faith. And she said it in such a, a sincere and reverent manner. The bishop was impressed. And he returned the keys to Adele and said, continue to do what you're doing. Okay? Um, her holiness shone through, in other words, okay? and actually her humility as well. But humility accompanied by confidence, okay? She, she wasn't, you know giving up or, or uh, you know, really admitting that she had done anything wrong, she was telling the bishop, you know, you are preventing me from fulfilling what Our Lady had told me to do, what she commanded me to do, was to catechize, okay? And you don't want souls to be lost. So, um, well, <clears throat> a new chapel was built in 1880, and uh, by the 1890s, um, hard times fell on, on people. It was just a difficult time economically, whatever. And uh, uh, many were unable to pay the board and tuition for the school because it was a boarding school. And uh, only a few students were left with the three religious sisters. And... On July 5th, 1896, Adele died, and she was 66 at the time. Uh, the bishop advised the remaining sisters to either return to their homes or join the Franciscan sisters at a nearby town, Bay Settlement. And um, these these other sisters ended up joining the Franciscan sisters at Bay Settlement. And um, one of them, Sister Pauline LaPlante, uh, who had been a child uh, when she first knew Adele, uh, she was the first sister sent to continue the work of Adele, really. And uh, it was Sister Pauline LaPlante 
who would recount many of the stories that Adele would relate to her. As Sister Pauline said, so many times we would gather around Adele and have her tell us of the apparitions of our Blessed Mother. She would always tell us in the self-same way how she saw her twice without Our Lady saying a word. But the third time, she spoke and gave her the message of instructing the children in their religion, lest they should lose their faith. And Sister Pauline also recalled that, and here I'm quoting an account she gave, as a young girl, I knelt in the dear little chapel and sang with Adele her favorite hymn in France, in French, okay, Chantone le nom admirable de la reine de Sioux. Let us sing the praises of the admirable name of the Queen of Heaven. And it was as the Queen of Heaven that Our Lady identified herself to Adele. Now, um, well, we, we, we fast forward then after Adele's death and this little community went and joined the Franciscans. Uh, another chapel was built and dedicated in 1942 with the title Our Lady of Good Help. Okay. And it was built over a stump of trees and people uh, continue to make pilgrimages there, especially on the Feast of the Assumption and uh, Mass with outdoor processions, with uh, the Statue of Mary, and there were miracles reported. Well, I'm I'm going to take a little break now and um, come back in a few minutes with the third segment of the Marian Hour this day when I'm speaking about Our Lady of Champion or Our Lady of Good Help as it was formerly known. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Mark your calendars for WSFI's Fulton J. Sheen Award at our annual Fall Banquet and Auction on Saturday, December 2nd at the Lincolnshire Marriott Resort. Our dinner, auction, and award will take place from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Our keynote speaker and award recipient is Bishop David L. Ricken, Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, faithful and stalwart defender of the faith. And special guest is Bishop Thomas J. Paprocki, Diocese of Springfield, Illinois. To order tickets or for more information, please go to WSFIRadio.org or call Angela at 224-206-8455. That's WSFIRadio.org at 224-206-8455. Hi, this is Mark Curran. Are you in need of a trial lawyer? 
My career in both law and politics has been spent fighting for the injured and most vulnerable. Martindale Hubble has given me the highest rating in ethics and ability. If you want a trial lawyer with the highest rating in ethics and ability that will not support the evil agenda destroying America, but will support WSFI Catholic Radio, well, you can learn more at 847-721-3189 or go to markcurrenlaw.com. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Father Dwight Campbell. I am back for the third segment of the Marian Hour on this fourth, third, pardon me, fourth Wednesday of November, the day before Thanksgiving. And if you're just joining us, I'm up in the Green Bay area, Green Bay Peninsula, I should say. Um, I'm actually making a retreat this week at Carmelite Monastery, just outside of Denmark, Wisconsin. And um, I have to say, I, I, I come up here many times. I, I tell my parishioners, now they know my, my story, but I've told them in the past, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going on retreat to Denmark. And they'll go, oh, wow, Denmark. And I say, yes, Denmark, Wisconsin. It's about a little more than a two-hour drive north of where I'm at in Kenosha. And there's a beautiful Carmelite monastery here. It looks like something out of a medieval um, picture book. Uh, the Carmelite sisters were originally in Champion, where uh, the shrine that was formerly known as Our Lady of Good Help, now it's known as Our Lady of Champion, uh, is where that shrine is. The sisters, uh, I think more than I think 20 years now, um, at least 20 years, they received a grant of land and many donations. They built this beautiful monastery. <clears throat> I was uh, blessed to uh, have kind of celebrated Mass yesterday with the, the local bishop, Bishop David Ricken, who was there in the monastery uh, on the, the feast day of the presentation of Our Lady. Uh, the religious throughout the world, especially cloistered religious uh, call it the Pro Orantibus Day. Uh, for, for those praying, the religious sisters, monastic life, especially cloistered sisters like the Carmelite sisters are here. It's a, a young, growing community. They're all not, not all young, but many uh, uh, of the Carmelite nuns here are, are young. And so please pray for, for um, their... Uh, growth that that many young women will respond to the call of Carmel, I'll call it, and enter the Carmel here in in uh, Denmark. And it's about a 20 mile drive to the shrine, which again has been renamed from Our Lady of Good Help to Our Lady of Champion to identify it with the town that it's located. I've told the story about how Our Lady appeared to Adele Bryce in 1859, three times within the span of a couple of weeks. Twice she was silent, the third time she said, I, you know, I want you to pray for the conversion of sinners and catechize the people in the area, especially the young who do not know their faith. And she took up this, this mission um, to catechize uh, 
eventually, uh, actually her father built the first chapel. Adele Bryce, Bryce's father built the first chapel. Another one was built some years later, and the present chapel was built in 1942. And um, and uh, that is the, the, the chapel standing today, a beautiful little chapel, uh, which I visited this afternoon and prayed at the apparition site. Um, and uh, I was going to, at, at this time, uh, give a little history about the approval of the apparition okay, by, by Bishop Ricken. Now, I'll just say something about apparitions in general. Okay? Uh, we're not talking about public revelation when we speak of private um, revelations to, to individuals. Okay? Public revelation is God's manifestation of divine truths for the salvation of mankind. Okay? Uh, the Word of God uh, revealed to us, um, and uh, Jesus Christ came. Uh, we, the Church teaches that public revelation the truths necessary for the salvation of mankind, uh, public revelation ended with the death of the last apostle, who we believe is St. John the Evangelist, probably around 100 AD. And John, we know, went with Our Lady from the Holy Land to um, Ephesus. Our Lady lived at Ephesus. John went to the island of Patmos. He wrote the Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation there, and um, public revelation ends with the death of the last apostle. There's no new public revelation until Jesus comes again. That is the teaching of the Church. So what about private revelations? Well, um, those that are investigated and are are deemed worthy of belief, okay, um, those private revelations, which the faithful can show a devotion towards, okay, uh, they contain no new doctrine. They're not revealing anything that hasn't been revealed uh, in public revelation. Really, it is, uh, why are they given then? Well, in order to help us to better live out what Christ and the Holy Spirit, who was sent on Pentecost, have already revealed to us. No new doctrine comes with private revelation, um, but uh, also private revelation is is not necessary for salvation. Someone does not have to put faith in private revelation. Instead, uh, I'll quote uh, one of the great Marian scholars, uh, Dr. Mark Miravalli, who says, authentic revelation is granted by God for the spiritual benefit of the person, and uh, or it could be a particular group, or for the universal benefit of the church and the world. Now, those are the major apparitions. For example, the apparitions of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary Alaco, those spread throughout the world. Popes uh, even quoted the words in encyclicals from Jesus to St. Margaret Mary, 
Think of Fatima as well. That was a message meant for the whole world. Uh, the message of Our Lady to the children at Fatima to to pray the rosary and do penance for the conversion of sinners. Okay, and uh, the private revelations are are besides for the spiritual benefit of the person receiving the apparition or particular group or the universal benefit of the church and the world, private revelation is aimed principally at guiding humanity to deeper living out of the gospel truths contained in public revelation. And sometimes private revelations come through visions like uh, Adele Bryce had, Our Lady appeared okay, visibly to Adele Bryce. Uh, sometimes they may come by an interior illumination, call them locutions, okay, speaking, you know, within the mind and the heart. Um, so uh, with Adele Bryce, she actually saw Our Lady and heard her with her ear speak, okay, give her this message, you know, go, you know, pray for the conversion of sinners, which is the common theme of Our Lady when she appears, by the way, okay. She said this at Lourdes, for example, at Fatima. She said it to Adele Bryce, and also her command to Adele to go catechize, okay, catechize uh, the people who were, whose souls were being lost because they didn't know their faith. So, um, now, with, with this apparition that um, took place back in... 1859, okay, uh, the church began to investigate this formally. Um, Bishop Ricken, David Ricken, was named the Bishop of the Diocese of Green Bay on July 9th, 2008. This is nearly 150 years since the apparitions had taken place in Champion. And um, Thousands of pilgrims had visited the shrine already. Okay? There was a regular devotion underway uh, that was permitted by previous bishops. Okay? And actually, 11 bishops before Bishop Ricken had supported the apparitions. In other words, allowing a faith expression in them by people coming and visiting. Okay? But um, Bishop Ricken wanted to investigate it more formally, and uh, hopefully approve it formally as a bishop that, that Our Lady had, had appeared there. And so in 2009, he formed a commission of experts to formally investigate the apparitions for their authenticity. And, <clears throat> well, what this commission did was summarized actually by Bishop Ricken when on December 8th, if anyone knows the importance of that date, okay, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, on December 8th of 210, uh, Bishop Ricken issued a formal decree and it really encompasses what he says in the formal decree um, of the commission's work. Here's what Bishop Ricken said in his formal decree. Um, and I quote him here. Three Marian experts, 
have studied the history of this alleged apparition and all of the extant documents, letters, and written testimonies in order to determine whether or not there are inherent contradictions or objections to the veracity or truth of the testimony given by Adele Bryce with regard to the events of 1859 and to establish whether or not there was enough evidence to suggest that the events which happened to Adele Bryce may be of a supernatural origin. That's what he was trying to determine. And after reviewing the commission's work, Bishop Bricken verified the authenticity of the apparitions. This was again on December 8th, 2010, the solemnity of Mary's Immaculate Conception. And um, I'll quote him here. He says, it remains to me now the 12th Bishop of the Diocese of Green Bay, the lowliest of the servants of Mary, to declare with moral certainty and in accord with the norms of the church that the events, apparitions, and locutions given to Adele Bryce in October of 1859 do exhibit the substance of supernatural character. And I do hereby approve these apparitions as worthy of belief although not obligatory, by the Christian faithful. I encourage the faithful to frequent this holy place as a place of solace and answered prayer. So, as you may have noted from my comments about uh, private apparitions, that they're not obligatory on the faithful, okay? They're free to believe them. Uh, Bishop Ricken makes that statement in his his proclamation of um, the the apparitions in regard to Our Lady of Champion, saying that they do exhibit the substance of supernatural character, and therefore he approves them as worthy of belief. Now, um, to approve an apparition the substance being supernatural character is the highest level of affirmation that uh, one can give according to a 1978 document for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, okay? Meaning it is, it is consistent with being supernatural. Okay? The revelation essentially consists of supernatural origin. Okay? And that is really... Um, what the bishop's proclamation does. And um, so, um, knowing this should encourage even more people to come and visit the beautiful shrine of Our Lady of Champion. Again, that's the new name. Used to be Our Lady of Good Help. And where is the Shrine of Champion, Our Lady of Champion, located well. It's on the Green Bay Peninsula. If you if you say go from from Chicago uh, north on 94, 
And as you get toward Milwaukee, uh, you can keep going north on 94 and 43, and then 94 will split off. You keep going north on 43 and um, take Route 43 all the way up to, um, well, uh, near near the shrine, okay? Uh, you can get off 43, and it's from from... 43, it's about maybe a 20-minute drive to get to the shrine. So it's easy to get to and just a beautiful shrine. I encourage people to, to come up and and honor Our Lady of Champion, as she's now called. And and when I was there today, I was I was praying that through, through the intercession of Adele Bryce, I hope she's um, in heaven right now, even though she hasn't been canonized, okay, and Our Lady, who appeared to her, that I would be a good catechist in, in teaching the faith to my people, my flock entrusted to me and my two parishes, especially the young. So um, I'm going to uh, end today. I'll ask you to, to uh, join me in, in praying the oldest prayer to Our Lady in honor of her. It's the uh, Subtum Presidium. Um, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We fly to thy patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our prayers and our necessities, but ever deliver us from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. And Our Lady of Champion, pray for us. And may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Have a blessed Thanksgiving, everyone. You have been listening to The Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell. For a free copy of this recording, please visit us at wsfipodbean.com.